Hello everybody, it's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of the Language Facilitation Helpline podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. The fastest results come when you enjoy the process of language facilitation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Language Facilitation Q&A. My name is Marcy Melzer, and I'm an intuitive spoken language facilitation coach and consultant. And I say that very carefully because I have a lot of hats that I've worn in my life. I've been a speech therapist for 27 years and gave that up to help parents. Um, it's my mission to help you see the progress that you wanna see every day. And this is live Q&A. So you are welcome to post your questions in the comments and I'll get to them when I am finished with the current um, topic, which I have to talk to you about today. And it actually comes from a question. It's this one here. It's about frustration in schools. So many therapists, I've been traveling around the world to find out what it is that parents and caregivers need to help late talkers succeed. I realize that it's happening around the world, that the systems that are in place, the therapies, the schools, all of that stuff is not, I'm just going to say it's not enough for the volume of late talkers and the situations that are happening around late talkers and their families. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to start with a question and a few questions actually that I got from the community and I'm seeing from parents around the world about this situation. So let's get in and talk about what's happening with frustration and schools. And we're going to start with this question that comes from Santosh. Santosh is a YouTube intention level member. Thank you for your membership, Santosh. And here's the question. He says, my six-year-old late talker is showing a lot of improvement and has started expressing his ideas verbally. His concentration and understanding is great, but he's not expressing himself at school. And even at his school cultural program, which was just not even anything demanding, he was standing still on the stage, even though he knew all the moves. Please share any tips to help him become, I suppose, more confident in the outside world. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about frustration because there's frustration that happens not just from parents and late talkers who are in schools, but teachers are frustrated too. And so let's talk about what's going on to make that happen. And it's also true, like we say, we can look at the cases of families where this is going on to see the kinds of things that are happening. Lay talkers who are in speech therapy and attending school where I'm just going to pull this back, reminding you that this is where parents and caregivers are sending these late talkers when they are of school age, preschool age, daycare age, whatever age. Parents are sending kids to these places, including speech therapy, because they feel that their child will learn something 
at these places, that whatever they're doing in these schools and therapies is going to help this child catch up with the developmental skills that everybody knows are present. They're late talkers. They're not talking well yet. They're not able to use speech to communicate. They're using other things. They're using maybe single words, maybe labels, maybe um gestures and nonverbal, maybe they're pointing, you know, maybe they are using echolalia on phrases as well. But the reason that you're watching this video and the reason that you're sending them to schools is because they're not doing these skills as well as they need to be doing them to be successful in school. So you're sending them to school, hoping that this situation that you're sending to is going to help them make improvements. But here's what's happening. As I say in these slides, lay talkers in speech therapy are regressing. So this mom says her son is three and a half, 3.2. He understands everything we say and follows directions, but he's still not talking. He's in pre-K three, which means it's the third year of pre-K that's available. At this age, they're already starting to do you know, academics like phonics and things like that, maybe even writing. And he's in speech therapy too. And his speech therapist says he's super smart and he's doing a lot of uh, 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 where he's supposed to talk, like reading a book, pointing to the words, and he regresses a lot. If he's in these schools and therapies and still regressing, something's going on. So she brought him to the children's hospital and got him tested and they say there is no autism. He's diagnosed with expressive speech disorder, meaning he's a late talking person, late talking child. Is that anyone have any insight or know how or when he might start talking? They're so eager. The answer to that question is it's going to be up to you as parents to help these kids catch up because they you're sending them to the schools and their skills are regressing. Let's look at another situation right here. This is a two and a half year old who's in speech therapy. He only says one word and he still has a hard time commuting verbally. They started daycare a month ago, hoping probably that they'll be exposed to other children and learn more spoken language. This is a common recommendation that parents take advantage of. Now the teacher's telling me that he's throwing toys and hitting the other kids with them. It's the second time it happened at school. The teacher pulled him aside and talked to him and what she's saying, obviously, this it's not acceptable for the child to be using this communication behavior, throwing toys and hitting. He doesn't have any other communication behavior. So this is the communication behavior that is using this throwing toys and hitting things. And so she does the same when he shows this behavior at home. So he has this behavior. This is the child's spoken language. You see right here in this green, he shows this behavior at home. But to be honest, I'm not sure if he's even comprehending because he just looks at me and seems to wander off. And then they tell him it's not okay and show him how to be gentle. But oftentimes he just laughs. And when they raise their voice, that's when he listens. So this family is already seeing the struggle from their late talker who they sent to the therapy and to the school and things aren't happening fast enough. The speech isn't coming fast enough. And the child's stuck in this environment with limited spoken language and 
with no understanding of how to communicate the same issues they're trying to communicate because they're just shutting them down. They tell them to stop. They tell them to be calm. They tell them to change how he's communicating, but they're not using spoken language to do it. They're just disciplining. In fact, the, the phrase that I took out of that last slide was this mom asked, how do you discipline your late talking children? And the reason that this mom thinks that she needs to discipline her child is because the ther the teacher, the preschool teacher, said, this is bad behavior. It's hurting other children. You need to make your child stop it. But the reality is, is this is an intentional communication behavior. This child wanted these kids to engage with them. So he took the toys that they knew and they he shoved it at them, threw it at them, hit him with it. Otherwise, this child isn't getting any connection or response from those other children. And when he does throw toys, he did it twice. He learned from the first time that when he throws toys, he gets lots of attention and focus on him and talking about his problem. It, hopefully, they're talking about his problem, but they're probably talking about that other child's problem. Oh, you got hurt by this nonverbal kid who threw their toy at you, you poor child who got hurt by this other child, right? This is what happens in these situations when children are in an environment and they're not prepared. So. Here's another slide. Exhausted parents want something better. Here's a mom of a six-year-old with speech delay and has been feeling a lot of anger and resentment towards the world, crying every day as a mom because no one will understand how tough it is when you're raising a special needs child. No one's helping this mom. No one's equipping and empowering her at home because she feels like she's chasing something. Her daughter's been diagnosed with a severe speech delay, obviously is still not talking at six years old. That's a severe delay. ASD, because the child's using so many nonverbal communication behaviors that she probably looks very autistic and then mild ADHD because she's probably using movement as one of her communication and they say mild ADHD because they can't get her to sit in a chair right and she feels like she's been chasing something for the past few months because whatever she's got going on right now is not helping this mom and look it says I feel like my life is not mine anymore because everything I do is for her and revolves around her I feel isolated from the world no Nobody's helping this mom. When I see other moms enjoying life, I can't help it, but I feel a sense of jealousy because this mom has no enjoyment with her own child. I wish my life was normal too, and I didn't have to struggle every single day to understand my child and her needs, and she just wanted to vent. So you see that these are the things that are happening every day out in the world. And when I traveled to Australia, I saw the same thing. In Dubai, I saw the same thing. Family after family after family. The families that are working with me from all over the world. Families from Scotland, in the UK. Families from US, around the country here in USA are having these same issues. These are all comments that are not uncommon. And I know that many of you out there are feeling these things. You have done what you were told. You sent your child to the therapy. You sent your child to the whatever. And they are still either not showing improvement or regressing. All right. So let's talk about what's going on here. 
Is your late talker even prepared for the expectations of the school? And the reality is, in many cases, they aren't because look at the expectations of the school. This is what they don't put on the front label or the tin or the brochure about what they expect your child to be doing because they could be selling seats. Listen, th when I was in foreign countries where outside of U.S. where schools are privatized, they are highly motivated for parents to enroll their child in the school because they that's how they make money it's literally a money-making venture is school in these other countries in u.s you just have to deal with what the system gives you if you want to go to public school but if you want to go to private school in the u.s and you want different kinds of learning experiences or accelerated learning or whatever they're selling you at the school in any kind of private or public school environment these are the expectations on day one. Check this out. School environments with 20 plus children in the class, right? Every class has 20 plus children, 22, 23 are sometimes the cap. And they'll put one or two extra assistants in there with the teacher for that thing. But remember, these classrooms require students to actively participate in group learning followed by individual performance they have to sit in this in the group learn the lesson and then go and perform it individually you know here's what we're going to do class then they sit them down at the table with their paper and pencil or their glue and stickers or whatever they've given them to perform with but they are expected to have learned from the group presentation exactly what they need to do and then go and perform it independently how well is your child able to do that? Let's take a look at another one. This second one here is children are judged and evaluated on that individual performance. So if they can't do it, they're just considered unable. They're not offered the help because there are 20 plus children in that group and they're not con they're considered unable when they don't have the I they don't they can't perform it right they're not performing or it, they just do not perform right and so this is what we're seeing in these in these posts from all of the previous questions that came to this topic the parents are reporting that their children are not performing even if they have performed the skill previously they've done it at home they might have even done it at school but now suddenly they're not doing it and school even if this is what was crazy about the experience that i had in in dubai with one family the school i was there observing the child actually perform this activity and the school says that they had actually seen the child perform this activity writing it was writing they'd seen the child write in two languages because this was a bilingual school they saw this in the child and it was it all of the previous year with a different teacher and a different learning environment and different situation was happening with this child but this year things were different and because he was in the next level the expectations were even higher and now there was no assistance given to the children but they were still expected to perform and this little child was not performing and every one of his teachers and aides and all the other people were very quick to tell me how impaired this child was how they see 
these sensory things, how they see signs of autism and they see all these things. But last year, when the child was performing, they didn't. They didn't see any of those things. When the expectations of the school changed and the child's performance changed, they blamed it on the child. And this is what's happening because this number three, children are expected on day one to attend to, learn, and perform every task they are given when directed right there then at the time that they're directed to do it without any additional assistance. And I know that teachers will say when you sign them up, we're used to helping children and we're used to doing all that. But here is what is actually happening in the schools to fuel this frustration. So number one, we know the expectations of the school and the actual skills of the child are not matching. But here's what's happening. So lay talkers who are in these environments, they become anxious and they appear unable to perform at school. I call this learned helplessness because they are appearing unable to perform and being judged to be completely unable in these situations. And number one, the teachers assume the lay talkers lack of performance means they're unable to participate. So what they do is they stop teaching them. They habitually leave them behind to focus on the kids that are listening and are performing and are doing well. And they're just giving them credit for being in the class and helping just fill their time. They just leave them behind the other kids. And so also what happens is teachers and school staff have too many late talkers in the class and they can't help them all due to the teacher's other responsibilities. So what they do is they ask you as the parent to take that, get a shadow teacher so they, because someone, they can't teach your child. So they're asking you to hire someone else to bring into the school to help teach your child, or they just try to get them out of the class completely into some kind of therapy because all because they are frustrated as parents, be, as teachers, because they can't teach this child because there are too many late talkers. It used to be there was one or two late talkers in a class of 20. Now there are up to six or eight late talkers in a class of 20 and all different eight ranges of late talking, all different nonverbal communication they're using. And the teachers don't know how to do it. They're hearing from their principals and their administrators. How is the performance going in your class? How many kids are acing? How many kids are getting A's on their things? How many kids are developing well? They don't want to know about those kids that aren't developing and so they are literally pushed aside left behind kept busy they just get through the day get through the day and then when the performance report comes around they've got nothing to show because your child isn't performing and so everybody just assumes that they're unable it's just not working it's breaking down and the other thing that's happening to these kids is they're just losing the will to even learn anything and becoming this learned helplessness. They're just developing this. Well, if you all think that I'm stupid, I might as well just behave in a stupid way. And then I at least get attention this way and I'm not left behind the other class. And this is why they, be, they do naughty things and they get into trouble and they start manipulating. Let's talk about it. So therapizing and ABA habits can actually wreck 
a late talker's experience. This is what has happened to these children. They've been set up to fail because you've been doing things. You've been prompting them or making them because they're either prompt dependent or prompt avoidance because that teaches manipulation. And when kids are manipulating in class and they're being naughty and they're refusing and they're having tantrums or they're trying to leave the room or they're just trying to get attention, right? That's because they are prompt dependence or prompt avoidance. So they want someone to engage with them and do things for them or give them the assistance they need. And that's what's happening, that they're literally just struggling with the reality of their situation. Now, resistance to performing skills comes from exchange-based demands. If you do this, then you get this. That's what an exchange-based demands is, instead of cooperative, self-motivated experiences, right? And then the next thing that, that I want to tell you is that a limited vocabulary. If your child only has a few single words or just a whole bunch of labels and descriptions that forces them when they're in emotional triggering situations, they're feeling anxiety, they're feeling frustration, or they've got some exciting new idea they want to share with their classes, they have to use nonverbal communication to communicate about these things. And when they do use their nonverbal communication, they appear super disabled, right? That's why parents, they even saw in the comments here, that parents were taking their kids because they're failing in school to these things to get a diagnosis. Does he have autism? Does he have, no, he just has expressive speech delay and he's not able to meet the expectations of the school. So let's look, take a look, take a look at your own situation right now. These are signs that your late talker needs more help then the school or therapy that you are sending them has to offer, then more than they're even capable of doing to help your child. And these are the signs. There is no functional speech improvement. I mean, functional speech improvement means your child is using more spoken language every day. They are giving up nonverbal beha behaviors to talk. They are choosing to say words. They're coming to you to initiate ideas about this is what I did at school and this is what I want you to teach me and this is where we're going. That's functional speech improvement. Your child saying 10 words today and 20 words next week is not functional speech improvement, especially if it only happens in the speech therapy classroom or only when you prompt it or bribe it or use some, you know, what is this? What is this business? This functional speech doesn't need to be prompted. It comes out of us naturally when we have an idea in our head or our heart. And this is what you should be seeing with every child who's late talking, especially if they are expressive speech delay. But even if they have been diagnosed with autism or ADHD or any of those other things, even if they're six, seven, eight, nine, or 10 years old, Old. You should be seeing when you are facilitating improvement, you should be seeing improvement every day, if not every week, right? So let's look back here. Is there resistance to cooperative play? Things your child used to like to do before, are they not doing it anymore from with you? Have they lost their will to learn? Have they seen a decline in previously mastered skills like happened with the boys in the in in Dubai and happened here? What are they isolating from social experiences at school? and at home. Do you see 
new anxiety, frustrations, or meltdowns that the school may be labeling as sensory issues, right? But it's really anxiety and frustration because they can't meet the expectations of the teachers and therapists that are working with them. And the ultimate sign that they cannot help you is that they refer you out. They send you to a therapist or somebody, some developmental somebody to evaluate your child to find something wrong because they don't deal with kids when there's something wrong. They're regular teachers. They're whatever. Even speech therapists in Dubai told both of the parents that I worked with there that they couldn't work with their child until someone else, an ABA therapist, in both cases, were recommended an ABA therapist or an OT to make the child be able to sit so that they could even participate in the speech therapy. Why? Because the speech therapy isn't working on functional spoken language. It's working on exchange or prompted things to get the kids to say more words. So that's breaking down too, right? If the, if any teacher or therapist that you take your child to eventually starts to blame the child for being more impaired than they thought or they can handle or whatever, believe them, moms and dads. Believe them when they tell you that they can't help your child and remove them from that situation, okay? So it's important because you're, that teacher or therapist is so frustrated with the situation that they are potentially harming your child, causing more of this anxiety and loss of will to learn. And you don't want this. You don't want your child to regress as a result of the services that you engaged to help them improve. And this is what is happening. This is why so many parents are frustrated. Okay. So I see some comments coming in, but no real questions, just highs from everybody. So there's Lisa saying hi. Hi, Lisa. She absolutely knows this situation and knows what's going on. So here's what we're going to be talking about. Natural spoken language facilitation is what actually helps kids feel equipped and empowered for school. So Prompt dependence or prompt avoidance, that is the current habit of the teacher, of the therapist, of you at home, of whoever, is replaced over time with independence to perform self-motivated skills. Because performance is what makes these kids look good. And you want to get this performance self motivated. So resistance to performing skills, even challenging skills, is replaced by cooperative learning experiences with assistance that's provided when needed. We're not expecting these kids to perform on day one or even immediately when you facilitate that outcome. This is what's really important about the difference between those things that cause the frustration in school and language facilitation, which helps alleviate this problem at school. What's really important about this whole situation is that you understand this from your child's perspective. And the whole job of spoken language facilitation is to motivate a child to evolve their own spoken language from the behaviors that they have habitually taught you to respond to, you taught them to use because th that's how you communicate with them. 
Remember, you're a mirror for your late talker's development. You parents and caregivers who spend all the time with them, this is how it goes for all of you guys, okay? So let's take a look one more time here. Oops. At functional needs-based spoken language to share ideas and opinions. It replaces nonverbal communication behaviors so children can share their knowledge and prove that they are smart. Because remember, schools are looking at your late talker. Therapists are looking at your late talker's performance. They don't look at their history even. They don't look at what you tell them they do at home. They ignore it. They gaslight you. They don't believe you. They only believe what they can see. And the only way that they can see your late talker showing, telling, displaying, conscious, focused attention, real learning and participation and performance of the skill completed perfectly however they're going to do it the only way that's going to happen is if you equip and empower them through these kinds of experiences at home and in the community and that's how you're going to be able to work with this late talker to help them get there so remember natural spoken language helps kids feel equipped and empowered for school and how you do that is you visit wavesofcommunication.com to access training and coaching because this is what i do it's the whole reason that i put these resources together for parents and caregivers because i know that this system is breaking down it's only going to get worse because there are more late talkers coming into the system every child who is under 10 years old lived through a few years of time where natural spoken language learning from peers, from the community, from the grocery store, from the park, from preschool classes was not facilitated. Kids learned other ways. They got addicted to phones. They got hooked on whatever. They were TV, books, and then when they went to school, if they're not prepared, school tries to shut down all that independent learning the child did at home to get them to be part of a classroom and comply in a classroom environment. And this is what is going to cause frustration when the child is not able to meet the expectations of the school. And it's unfortunate that these days, teachers need kids to show up already ready to perform. There is no extra education because the only extra education that's happening, especially in the United States, is they're shoving kids into these developmental classrooms. If they can't perform like their peers, if they can't talk like their peers, if they can, and they're using behaviors instead, especially, if they can't read, if they can't follow directions, if they can't appear, like I said, these kids appear to not understand anything you say, but then when you change your communication, like this mom of the kid who she wants to discipline because he's throwing toys, when that situation happens and you become like those teachers and therapists, your child will detach from you. And right now, as the parent or caregiver, you have the opportunity first off to regain that connection, remind that child how smart they are, how capable they are of the things that you have seen them do in the history and help them evolve whatever it is that they're super good at into a way that they can express those skills at school 
with peers, with friends. And all the child needs primarily is the ability and interest in cooperative learning. So the prompt dependency and prompt avoidancy has to be alleviated. Your child must see the value in cooperative group learning. And I promise when they go to school, it might not be the teacher that they listen to first, unless the teacher is able to give them some extra attention. They're going to find it from their peers, like this little guy who's throwing toys. They're going to find the solution to their communication problems in other people's examples, is how you're going to facilitate this child's improvement. And they're going to learn when a kid whacks the teacher and they get yelled at that that's not going to be a beneficial kind of communication for them. But then without learning what to do instead of whacking the teacher or throwing the toys or whatever, screaming, leaving the room, whatever they're doing out of anxiety and fear and knowing in their own heart and mind that they cannot live up to the expectation of these teachers. That's when the whole system breaks down and you'll start getting these referrals. And even the therapies that you're sending your child to will fail and break down. It all comes down to you, parents and caregivers. These kids need you now more than ever, especially if during the pandemic, you were one of the moms that was distracted by the situation of the pandemic away from individual teaching. If you were distracted by your job, if you were distracted by Googling and and taking your child to therapies that have ABA therapies that have programmed them into prompt dependency or prompt avoidance, have created these anxieties. You've been focusing on all that. You've created this anxious, frustrated child, right, out of their experiences. And the only way that you can have impact to help these childs get out of these experiences, these children get out of these experiences, is through your natural language facilitation. I know that it works because I know it's happening for parents around the world. And that's what's happening. Yeah, like I said, I know that it's happening. And that's why you see. So here's here's a comment. You are explaining my four-year-old. I've been trying to use his AAC device to add buttons for more functional communication. I don't know what else to do. Therapists and teachers do not want to help. She also believes that he's twice exceptional, but everybody focused on expressive delay only. So here's the deal. With this child, you will want to take away all of that AAC stuff. You need to empower your child to use speech. And unless there's some real physiological reason that this late talker cannot produce sounds, if your child is saying any words at all or using any spoken language at all, you can turn that into the spoken language they need. But you have to drop the other things first. You have to drop the AAC device completely. You're never going to be able to program all of the spoken language that your child needs for success, independent communication success at school through a device. You might be able to remind them about things they can use, but you are, every time you hand the kid that computer, you are taking away the responsibility and privilege of spoken language. And 
f- language facilitation in order ultimately you want spoken language everybody else in your child's is focused on spoken language expression and so in order to make them feel better they want you to program this device so that your child can say more things and that's what's happening she says okay that's the point is how you're going to do this is you have to stop the things that have created the habits that cause your child to be frustrated in school you have to stop it and if you don't the problem will get worse the frustration will increase the blame game starts then and it's you blaming the teacher for not helping your child and the teacher blaming your kid for being too impaired and the administration blaming the people the teacher for not being able to teach more kids and frustration 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 right so i agree no one else is as dedicated to the time so i've been feeling like i have no choice but to send it to school and therapy you have to do the time you have to do the time in between the school and therapy will not take your guidance hosanna they won't they have their own methods their own ways their own situations and the only way to help your child if you really feel like this school is the place for your child to go, then my recommendation is take a break, pull them out. And even if you can't take time off work, you can find a nanny caregiver, someone like that, who can learn to facilitate the spoken language your child needs to prepare them to go back to school. It's okay if their academics aren't up to snuff as long as they can talk about their experience. And if your child is twice exceptional, they probably already have a foundation for all the academics. They just don't have the spoken language they need to perform it at school. And they have an overlying anxiety from being judged to be less than they are. And they don't feel, they feel like every time they do try to perform spoken language, it's shut down, ignored, and they're pushed aside. And so when this happens, your child will not be successful in the school. You have to provide assistance for them. And that's why I have resources for you. I know it's not an easy situation. Not every parent is cut out to be a homeschool language facilitator, but it is your it's your cards that you were dealt. This is your job. No one's going to do it except for you. That's what we see over and over and over again. Hosanna's just another voice, just like the other ones that I talked about. As soon as you work hard with your child and teach them skills and send them over there, right, to the school, send them out there hoping that they'll perform and they completely melt down and shut down and can't do it anymore. How disempowering is that for you as a mom? It's the method that you've been working with your child that is not good. It's it's causing these habits. And I venture to say that those of you who have used ABA and these AAC devices and prompted speech, I want whatever, PEC systems, sign language, all these other band-aids for a child's lack of spoken language, that's what they are, is a Band-Aid to help a child get through the school day so that they can perform anything, right? Just touch the picture, okay, at least he's touched the picture and now I know he wants this thing, right? 
this is what's holding you back. So Hosanna says, I completely agree. And I know that many of you agree as well. So the solution, if you don't know what to do today, is to visit wavesofcommunication.com. I'm doing some new trainings and I'm going to be visiting India next. I'm going to be sharing a lot of a lot of wisdom with parents and caregivers. It's going to be a very inexpensive online course I'm going to be starting. The next one's the first one's going to be in March, but I'm in the process of developing it right now, so I don't have all the details. But what it, I, I'm designing this course based on this unique-ish situation <laughs> that's going on. Parents feel like they are... Um, there is nowhere to turn. Everywhere you take your child, these professional places you take your child, they have the same expectations. And so I need to help you help your child rise up to those expectations if in fact you want to send them to school or learn how to teach them at home in a way that they can catch up to the point where they're so good they can get into any school anywhere. And this is what's happening with parents around the world who are working with language facilitation. Now I know exactly what you need. You need to overcome the prompt dependency and prompt avoidance. You need to stop using exchange-based and nonverbal communication systems. And you need to facilitate. You need to talk with your child and give them real spoken language models for the real spoken language ideas that they have in their head and their hearts. This is the only thing that's going to help them. And I promise the progress you can see is a lot faster than these other methods because they're just band-aids on the problem. When you work with me and you work with language facilitation, you get to the root of the problem. You see it from the child's perspective and your job is to equip and empower that child to share their wisdom with the world. Until that happens, nobody will believe them except for you who know them and, as their mama. And that's the truth. Okay, everybody, that's it for now. I'm not seeing any more comments come in. I hope that this was a helpful video for you. If it was, please like, subscribe. New subscribers are coming every day, even though I haven't been doing live Q&As. And I'm going to be back now on Thursdays doing my weekly live Q&As with more topics. So if you have questions, go ahead and comment on the videos. And we'll get back to those questions in the next video. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye for now, everybody. With a whole range of waves of communication resources, from free content to customized coaching, you now have access to everything you need to elevate spoken language to infinite success. You are welcome to get your journey started with my 11-week language facilitation journey to speech workbook. You can access this workbook and all of the language facilitation resources on my website, wavesofcommunication.com.